Talking Heads is brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. Enter promo code TALKING at FanDuel.com to enter a risk-free tournament for up to 10 bucks. We're also sponsored by the SeatGeek app, the best way to find a great deal. Pay for your ticket and get to your seat. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our code TALKING for $20 off your first purchase. OH! No, just O. Wow, Ohio, you guys need to bring Eminem up there and show you how to deal with some trash talk because this week you were weak. O-H! Ohio. And welcome to the latest episode of Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut because it's cold here like it normally is in November. Mark Stern is in Washington, D.C. Hello, Mark. Hey, we're not doing class outside again like we did the other day? Well, as I, you know, apparently El Nino left. <laughs> he was here for about a good week or two, longer than normally he would be. And now it's like three degrees outside, which is really what it should be in New England at this time of year. Do you know what? I, I said to myself something I'm going to say every single morning for like the next four months. So I got in my car, I sat there and I said, damn it, how come I don't live in Southern California? <laughs> it's like every morning you're like, it's so cold. Why do I live here? Why do well, I live here? The stupid part is that's where all the entertainment is, and us idiots don't live there. <laughs> right. It's like, but, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's like, you how dumb are you? Like, were you that's were you where li- they do all the TV and radio stuff. That's where they do it, all of it, you know, yeah. in, in the world. That's where it happens, and, and I'm in a basement in Connecticut. Yeah, but you know what? The lifestyle that you lead in Connecticut, there's a lot of stuff going on there, man. It's really it is hot. It is really hot around here. It's just jumping. It's crazy. It's crazy pants. Yes. <laughs> it was somebody. I was out with a friend of mine at a casino yesterday. I'm very happy that I got actually to do that. So yeah, there are things that are going on here, and uh, and we were talking about Connecticut. I'm, I'm going to bring up my friend Steve again later about because we're going to talk about the Knicks and he's a Knicks season ticket holder. He had a funny story to tell me, but he said yesterday about Connecticut because I was complaining about Connecticut because I always complain about Connecticut because I was here for work for no other reason. And I came here for work and I left my place of work about four or five months ago. So I'm going to leave Connecticut because there are no other media outlets here. So I'm going to leave here at some point just when someone actually hires me. So eventually I'm going to leave. And he said something like he's like, you know, Connecticut's pretty cool. And I go, yeah, name one town in it that you think is cool. <laughs> and he had to like go, um, mm, uh, um, Ma- Manhattan. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. No, yeah, that's oh, the South. No, that's not there. Uh, uh, Baltimore's okay. Oh, Baltimore's not there. You know? <laughs> Boston. Nope. Sorry. Wrong. Wrong New England state. Not even there. Burlington. Nope. Sorry. No, not no. there. Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah I-, I lived in Connecticut for, for a few years and I just remember it being really cold. And even as a kid, I was like. There ain't nothing to do around here. This no. sucks. No. no. It sucks. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, that should be their motto. It's like, Connecticut, you suck. <laughs> you know, I, you know it's like, I, I always have to, the fallback positions are always like, you know, it's actually really lovely here. Because it is. It is really lovely sure. here. You know, if you just like looking at the same thing every day and doing nothing. <laughs> you know. With the most exciting thing that happened around here the last couple of days, we had four bobcats walk into our yard yesterday. That is exciting. I was at the casino getting drunk, so I didn't see them, but I got a picture of them, and it scared the bejesus out of me. I'm sure. Woo! Bobcats. Yeah. By the way, and this is the only question you ever ask somebody when they're coming out of a casino, were you up or were you down? Uh, it was like even, which was a waste of time, but that's all oh, right. You know, I, mean, I really went there to go watch football and, and you know stare at televisions and then bet on things, and it ended up being up and down, and the money actually was negligible, which is unusual because normally I, you know, my happiness stems from winning somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. I'm still pretty happy today, so it's fine. <laughs> That's good. Um, I, I want to talk about trash talk. I, I opened with Ohio because they had a weird week, you know, a really rough week, really, for all their football teams. You know, the Browns stink, so we're not even talking yes. about them. But Ohio State, which, you know, defending national champion and, 
They were whatever they were ranked. It, I, I can't tell anymore with all these stupid polls and standings. <laughs> and everything. I can't tell anymore. But they were heading toward the playoff again. Had they won out, they were definitively yes. going to get back in. And they lost, obviously. And we'll get to Ezekiel Elliott in a moment. But I want to start chronologically, which was Monday night, because the Bengals were undefeated, lost twice in the span of six days. And the first one was on Monday night to Houston. And everyone thinks Houston stinks. Uh, so that was a surprise that they lost at home to Houston. And J.J. Watt, afterwards on Monday Night Football, so there's enormous audiences watching this. It was a close game, so the big audience is watching this. Gets on TV afterwards, and Lisa Salter says to him, you know, how did you guys slow down their offense? Because they held them to like six points, something like that. And J.J. Watt. And our goal was to come out here and make uh, the Red Rifle look like a Red Rider BB gun. And I think we did that. Wow. Tonight. Okay, which is a Christmas story reference to the best Christmas movie that's ever been made. I don't, the Jewish guy's telling you that, but still, it's the best it's Christmas brilliant. movie that's ever been made so great. in my book. Anyway, so he comes up with that reference, and that's the big joke. Ha, ha, ha. And even Lisa Salters goes, oh, really? Like, looks at him like, okay, so that's the, okay. War- nice job, Shecky. Good, good joke. Andy Dalton, after the game, gets told that this is said, and Andy Dalton got literally upset about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'm disappointed in him to, I mean, for the integrity of this game. You know, I have a lot of respect for him. He, he play, he's a really good player. And so there's a lot, of, a lot of kids and a lot of people that look up to him. And for him to make comments like that, they mean, he's just showing that, you know, he, yeah, that's acceptable to, to, to do that kind of stuff and say that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, it's disappointing for one of the best players in this league to come out and say something like that. Um, so, you know, that's all I'm going to say about that. I think J.J.'s a good player. Um, but... For him to be one of the best in this league and to show that integrity and to show that type of, you know, it shows what he's about, which is, which is disappointing. I had so many problems with Andy Dalton after this. Yes, afterwards, I'm like, J.J. Watt made a dumb joke, but I really got mad at Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a dumb joke, and I know because I tell a lot of bad jokes, including very recently on stage, but... This it's not a great joke, but it's kind of true. Like you said, Lisa Salter's laughs is like, oh, really? And it's J.J. Watt. This is who J.J. Watt is. He's going to say stuff like this. He's going to play great. He's he's just one of those guys. And if you're Andy Dalton and you lose that game, what you say is, you know what? Not much we can say. We didn't play as well as we should have tonight. Hats off to the Texans. Move on to the next game. When he chose to make an issue out of it, I was like, you are such a loser, man. Come on. You yes. can't just let that roll off your back. you got to invoke, there's kids out there. Oh, my God. What kind of an example are we setting for them, JJ? Shut up, man. Yeah. He, I think he had two ways to go, and he chose neither of them. He chose the, <laughs> I'm going to be a parent in the room and tell you that you shouldn't say things like that after a football game, JJ Watt. You know, I think he could have gone one of two ways, which was the way you suggested, just blow it off and be like, or, or make fun of it and just dismiss it like, great joke, awesome, red rifle BB gun, amazing, you know, hilarious. <laughs> or right. hit them back. Hit them back. Like, say something about how they suck this year. How about that? How about, oh, we'll see you in the playoffs if you make it, jackass, in your division with a bunch of under 500 teams. So, you know, I, I don't understand why, and, and I'm telling you, if I was there and working around this guy, my advice to him would be, hit this guy back. Don't show weakness. Don't pretend. Who are you here? What are you, Uncle Andy? Uncle Andy doesn't like when bad things are said. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Are you serious? What are you, a first grade teacher? What's wrong with you? You're the quarterback of a really good NFL team. Stand up to this guy. Stand up to him. So you lost him. 
demand I'll see you. I guarantee you, we'll, we'll, I'll show you what I can do in the playoffs if you get there in your sucky-ass division. The problem is, if you're Andy Dalton and you're the Bengals, it's so hard to say, yeah, we'll see you in the playoffs because... And listen, they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, all likelihood they're going to make the playoffs. I'd be stunned if they didn't at this point. What are they, 8-2 and two now? They're 8-2, and two, yeah. and the Ravens are awful and lost Joe Flacco, and yeah. Pittsburgh is kind of hanging on by a thread with all the injuries, and the Browns are an abomination. Right. So, yes, they're going to make, make the, the playoffs. playoffs. But but if you're, the, if you're the Bengals, you're like, yeah, we shouldn't really talk that much smack because we can't win the playoffs ever. I think Marvin Lewis has ever won in the playoffs with the Bengals, has he? My point is, though, don't you like confidence? Like, is it, oh, sure. isn't this the most? This is the most unattractive aspect of a football team. If the leader of the team is like, "Don't make fun of my red hair," hmm, I don't like that. And kids shouldn't be saying it either. JJ, what, what is that? It's weird. Like, are you kidding? No, it's like get over it. The guy made a bad joke. He set you up to bury him after that game, and you took the high road. Yeah, there is no Forget high road it. there. Like, That's pathetic. By the way, what do you think Jim McMahon would have said? You know exactly. <laughs> I mean, what do you think Peyton Manning would have said? Right. Peyton Manning would have had a field day with that. <laughs> what do you think Tom? If if he actually called Tom Brady like a like a David Beckham model or something, <laughs> that would have been amazing. And Tom Brady would not have gone. JJ, that's mean. Don't do that, JJ. <laughs> Wouldn't have happened. Yeah, no, it's... Bill Belichick would have put out a hit on him. <laughs> no, it was a really because it was just a. It caught me off guard when you read Dalton's response. You're like, that's really the way you chose to go with that. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, at the very least, you just you you mock him by being like, oh yeah, great joke, JJ. Thanks, I love that movie too. Yeah. But you know, why not throw it back in his face? You just lost. You know, show that you still got some fire in your belly. I mean, but this whole yeah. scolding school marm crap is just oh, give me a break. I know it was it was really pathetic, and I was just like, wow. If I'm Marvin Lewis, I'm cutting this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm like. What, that got under your skin? And, and, oh, you're going to play Mr. Moral High Ground? Get out of here. Like, are you serious? You're the quarterback of an NFL team. Think about the The principal at some elementary school. Like, you're out of your mind. It's all about the kids. Ridiculous. It's all about the kids, Bram. Yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, Speaking of the kids, um, we we mentioned um, Ohio State, who lost to Michigan State. Yes. With their backup quarterback at home. Wow. That's pretty unbelievable. But it happened. And, you you know, know, anyone who's watched them this year. You know I'm an Ohio State fan, right? You are? Yeah, you didn't know that? Wait, how do you choose these things? You're like the Red Sox, the Vikings, Ohio State? No, I've actually I've actually renounced the Vikings. I've like I looked like I threw up on a sports map and I was like, oh, I'll take them, I'll take them. There's a rationale for all these, but the Buckeyes thing, I went to school at Denison, which is a half an hour away from Columbus. And trust me, when you go to a D3 school like Denison that's featured every year for running the single-wing offense, you're going to latch on to whatever Division One program is closest to you. And for me— All right, so so all right, so you had proximity yes, to Ohio State. Yes. And, and were they, like, winning big at the time when you were there? No, they weren't. That was when they would lose every year to Michigan. Coach Cooper just could not figure out how to beat Michigan. So they, they'd always had a great so team, you, and then Coach Cooper would get out there and be like, hey, I don't know how to play. This is going to be fun. Let's lose by 30. <laughs> So yeah, fourth and twenty. Let's go for it. <laughs> but we're down seven to three and we're on our six. Yeah. Come on, have some it. guts, boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're, you're, man, you you picked the Red Sox when they were like cursed and a loser. I don't. What in the world wrong with you? I don't know. But you don't front run. No, no. But I, I try not to front run. Uh, I, I try not to front run. But the, the yeah, the Buckeyes. I was watching that game and uh, 
it was tough. But you, but you know what? They've been like this all year. You expected them. They like kept coming close to losing a bunch of crappy teams, and they're either going to get it together when they play Michigan State and Michigan in the Big Ten championship, or they were going to fall apart. And that's what happened on Saturday. Yeah, I, I didn't see a ton of them this year, but everyone who follows it basically says, like, they saw this coming. Yeah. Like, all year long, they were kind of barely getting by. Even when they were winning by 14 against really inferior opponents, people were saying, you know, these games were close. Yeah. You know, they, they were just, it was waiting for this to happen, and, and there it didn't happen. And then afterwards, of course, the big news was Ezekiel Elliott. It was a really, really good running back. Oh, he's great. For them. He only had 11 carries or 12 carries or something like that in the game. And and he came out and blasted Urban Meyer. I really, and this is so unusual that you will see a college kid do it. But he, I mean, here he is, this, this kid's on a team that has now lost only, what, twice in his career there. Um, and once was the first game of last season, but they won the national championship. It was the first time they lost since then. Yeah. So to blast the coach is a little out of line, but he basically said that he was disappointed in the play callings. He felt like he should have got the ball more, which actually Urban Meyer said he was right about the next day. He said, we weren't placed in the right opportunity to win, and he put it on the coaches and then and then dropped the mic by saying, I'm never playing here again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, thanks, Zeke. It's like, wow, we never get post-game quotes like that. Thanks, J.J. J.J. Watt could learn a thing or two about how to really trash talk somebody because this guy did it to his own team. His own He's team. like, you guys suck it. I'm out of here. Peace. Yeah. And then I think Cardell Jones, essentially, he didn't say we suck, but he's like, yeah, peace out. I'm not sticking around either. I, I think yeah. what Elliot essentially was like, there is zero chance I'm coming back to player next year, so good luck with all that. And it's but like... The other guy, too, the lineman, Bosa, he was the same thing. He's, he's like, I'm out, too. They're now, all like, I'm out. I, it's the cr- That's the craziest thing, okay? These guys are, like, trained to not say what they're going to do till the end of the year, even though they all know what they're going to do. Right. They're trained not to do it. He was just like, no, nope, I'm out of here. I'm never playing here again. And everybody took that the wrong way. They were like, wow, jump off the bandwagon quick, buddy. You just won a national championship here. Like, what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, that really that really stuck in my craw. And and I guess the thing I, I thought about it was, it's like, look, I don't like that kind of public airing of stuff. Like, you know, I just don't, I you know, that, that's better handled behind closed doors and and if you're gonna say i'm not coming back that's fine but could you wait until after the michigan game which is actually yes. kind of a bigger deal i mean you, you all you've done is just completely thrown the focus off which should be hey let's get back on track because if ohio state beats michigan and penn state beats michigan state guess what we're back in the big 10 championship game and now i feel like this team has just completely imploded in fact if you'd asked me four days ago, I said, no question that they beat Michigan. I just think they will. I think Urban Meyer's got their number. But now, I don't think there's a question about it. I think Michigan beats them, and beats them easily. I love hearing, like, a 19, 20-year-old kid basically tell Urban Meyer he doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> when the guy's won three national championships right. and has lost two games since he came to Ohio State. Two. He's lost two games in three years. Like. Yeah. Like, who are you telling this guy? He doesn't know what he's doing. Are, are, what, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And I mean, and how about how about Urban Meyer? Because my first reaction and this and even though Ezekiel Elliott is so good. I mean, he is so good. I would have been like, hey, guess what, man? Not only are you not playing at the horseshoe ever again, you're never playing for us again. I'm I'm suspending you for now until the end of time. So just oh, I wouldn't play him in the Michigan game I, if I'm Urban Meyer. Right, I, I'd be like, you're out. Yeah, sorry, pal. I would have been you like, know, like, yeah, you know, hey, 
you're either you're either with us or you're against us. You were against us last week. You're out. You know, and you're just not playing in this game. So you're right. You're not playing for us again. Would you, were you surprised that Urban Meyer came out and said there's going to be no you know suspension or anything like that? No penalties against uh, him. Yes, I was. I was. But he also made him obviously put out a very large apology. He made him put out this very long apology about being us, 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 not me, 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 or, or them, them, them. And, and everything he said was me, 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 them, them, them. And the all the entire apology was us, us, us. So they made him do that, clearly. He saw the error of his ways. And, you know, Urban, that way Urban Meyer was holding the mission game ahead of him. You want to play in this game or not? It's up to you. You know, you, you really think that we're the reason why we're not playing? Well, then maybe a coach will make a decision and not play you, pal. You know, and consider you already said it's your last game anyway here. Peace out. Bye. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll give you a hand. We'll send the rider trucks over there for you. You can move on to wherever you want to go. But I, I really and, – and I love him. I, I mean, Zeke Elliott is a terrific running back and is a big reason that they have done as well as they have over the last couple of years. But when I first heard that, I was like, great, sit out. I don't want you. I only want the guys playing for that squad that want to play. And if I were Urban Meyer, that's what I would have done. All right, so we've got through these two trash-talking moments. The best one is yet to come. That's later. Let's face it, you're obsessed with sports now. All the time you spend studying, watching games can finally pay off with real cash. Daily fantasy sports have swept the nation, and this new deal lets you try it out for free. Go to FanDuel.com, use my code TALKING, and then make your deposit and enter your first tournament risk-free. That's any contest offered on FanDuel for up to 10 bucks. If you win, you keep the money. If you lose, FanDuel will refund your account. Guaranteed. FanDuel is the best place to play one-week fantasy football. Building a team is easy, fun. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap entry fees start as low as a buck they also offer nba and nhl games as well fanduel is not just for large tournaments you can set up a private league and play against your friends anytime anywhere think you know fantasy football come and prove it over at fanduel.com there are two million players who have already won money on fanduel to get started go to fanduel.com click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner use the code talking and sign up now and here's the great new offer for my listeners if you enter a league and don't win fanduel will refund your money that's any contest you want up to 10 bucks you can sign up on FanDuel.com using my code TALKING, then make a deposit, choose your league. If you don't win, you'll get that money right back into your FanDuel account. The only way to get this no-lose offer is to go to FanDuel.com, click on the microphone, use my code TALKING. FanDuel.com, where it can finally pay to be a fan. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Try it out today. And welcome back to Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut, Mark Stern in Washington, D.C. Um... There is a rags-to-riches story that is uh, coming to fruition very, very quickly in New York, of all places, because it is a very difficult place to succeed when the mob has determined that you're going to suck eternally before you ever show them what you can do. And that is what happened at the NBA draft um, this year when Phil Jackson made what was wildly booed in, in the draft circles and by the media circles as a horrific selection to go along with what is the best way to put it, a rebuilding team in Kristaps Porzingis, who is a 7-3 Latvian player who had been recently playing in the Spanish leagues is, is only 20 years old. And almost immediately after they chose him, the booze were then cascading down because Phil and the team had basically suggested He's probably not even ready to play right now. So as good as we think this guy is, you're probably not going to see him for a while. Well, it's played out differently. 
And Porzingis has been playing and playing extraordinarily well. The Knicks are 5-2 and two on the road this year. In a recent game against Houston, he had 24 points, 14 rebounds, and 7 blocks. He's the youngest player ever to post numbers that high in three categories, edging Shaquille O'Neal. He's the first rookie to do it since Tim Duncan in 1998. And so all of a sudden, there has been an odd change so far as Carmelo Anthony who wildly booed this himself and publicly came out and suggested the Knicks are showing no roadmap to the future for him, which suggested he wanted out of what was happening moving forward, has been quoted in the New York papers this week as saying, hopefully we can hoist one or two championship trophies before I retire with this guy. Yeah. Uh, I I was laughing a lot when Mello was saying all that. I was reacting just like Knicks fans were when uh when he was drafted because you're like who is this guy and like you said when you heard the rumors that yeah he's really he might not even play this year he might not be ready and then you look up and i listen i don't it's early okay i don't know it's what kind way of way early yeah it is however you know it's great when i was reading one of the stories about his influence and his impact on the knicks this year when it said that they this is the latest that they've been over 500 like at this point in the season and i was like my God, it's it's like not even Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> this is like this is how bad the Knicks have been forever. So of course people are going to latch on to a guy that that can play well in on you know in that venue because it's there's such a great spotlight there for hoops and they're so starved for something great. But that being said, and there's going to be a letdown from this guy. But that being said, this guy seems like he can really, really play. And how did everybody else miss on this and call you know Phil Jackson an idiot for an for idiot. drafting him? They called him. I'm going to tell you why. This is my theory on this. The sporting public here profiled this guy. They took a look at him and they said, he's got some weird name. He's from some weird country. Those tall, gangly guys, they very rarely work out, you know, in the NBA when they're European. Some of them do, but like typically the ones are profiled and it's like, we know this guy's coming over. No one had ever heard of this guy. So all the highlight films were like, from some like public access grainy black and white footage from Latvian courts when he was 13 and he's seven three and everyone else is four foot six and he's dunking on them. So it's like some kind of freak show thing and you can't know whether he's actually that much better than everybody else or if it's just that his competition is just nowhere near able to compete with someone like him. You know, he's playing in the lowest level of college basketball. You have no clue whether he's actually this good or not. And we profiled him. Like my friend Steve, who I mentioned earlier, I was at the casino with. He's a Knicks season ticket holder. And mm-hmm. he's like, what do you think of this guy, Porzingis? And I've seen them play a little bit. And I'm like, this guy's unbelievable. I'm like, what do you think about all your fans that booed the crap out of him without having ever seen him play before or really actually knew anything about him and decided that Phil Jackson, winning his coach ever, didn't know what he was doing when he selected the guy. You all turned on him so quickly. And he was like, yeah, I was at the draft. I booed him too. <laughs> Of course. And this guy is not like that. Like, he's not the type of person that would, like, start trouble with people. But he actually went to the NBA draft and booed the Knicks selection, even though he knew nothing about the guy. We, he profiled him, just like everybody else. They took one look at him. They go, Chris Stapps Porzingis? How in the world is that guy ever going to be good in New York? Because no one named Chris Stapps Porzingis from Latvia will ever be good in the NBA. And people just decided that without having ever seen him play a game in their lives. That was definitely a name profile, you know, decision that everybody did. Chris Stapps 
Really? There's Chris Stapps. <laughs> right. Chris Stapps is not. Nobody named Chris Stapps is going to succeed at any sport in America ever. That's Children are, are never going to be chanting, let's go, Chris Stapps. Bump, 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 bump. No. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I don't know. I, I, I hope that he can continue doing this all season long because I think it would truly be one of the great stories. And I love it because everybody probably is also eager to just give Phil Jackson crap and be like, we get it. You've won all the champions. You're a great coach, great player. You don't know crap about building a team. Right. And, and the old Zen master goes, really? Really? Do I? I saw Chris Tapps in a dream, and he's going to be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I created him in my laboratory. <laughs> you know, and at that point, really, Phil Jackson can tell everyone just to go F off. Be like, you know what? I'm smarter than all of you. I am the best. Screw you. As this kid becomes an all-star, that's just a genius pick. It's really unbelievable. The, the Really, the only scenario that makes any sense to fans of that team when he was drafted, because they knew nothing about him, he has a stupid name you know, to them, was they're just for the next five years going to be going, hey, Porzingis, you stink. <laughs> you know? Right. And then he's, while he's sitting on the bench, never playing. You know, right. It's like that was the only scenario. They're looking at him going, we had this Frederick Weiss guy. We did the same thing. No one ever heard of him. They got all hyped up about this guy because he's like 7'3 or something. And Vince Carter was dunking on him before we knew it. And then he became one of the biggest busts in NBA history. It's amazing to me that even in this day and age with so much access to so much information that we profiled this guy. We actually decided Phil Jackson is a nut job, that this guy can never be good, even though none of us actually knew anything about him at all. And clearly, we're so uneducated on it because this guy is, and I know it's November, so it's silly to say this now, but he is by far the front runner for rookie of the year. And Carmelo Anthony is so bought in, he is saying, we can win championships with this guy. Yeah. Championships. <laughs> plural. Right. Championships. Yeah. yeah. Not I, one. I mean, not two. It's lot of you guys like not one, not, not, two, not two, not eight, not thirteen. <laughs> now we'll know what kind of an impact he's had on the fan base if, like, fifteen years from now, there's a whole bunch of little kids running around in New York City named Chris Stapps. Yeah, uh, it just you know it's the same thing with Brock Osweiler. I was very surprised they won the other day and that he's going to be playing again because I think of his name and I th- and I didn't see him play much in college and I go. This guy's not going to be good. His name is Brock Osweiler. <laughs> like, there's no chance he's going to be good. He's going to stink. You kidding me? Right. And what's he do? He goes out and beats the Bears, and now he's going to start again next oh, now week. Everyone's, so. Yeah, now everyone's talking about whether Peyton Manning should play again this year because Peyton's been so bad, and this guy was actually good in his first game. And they're saying, well, maybe they should bench Peyton Manning for this guy. Give me a break. Hey, Osweiler, right. you stink. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, Bazingas, you stink on ice, you moron. You stink. You ruined my life, Chris Stapps. <laughs> oh, so, and by the way, all due respect to your friend, what's his name, Steve? Yeah. It's so great to hear New York fans react at any of those drafts. Like every time you used to see like the Jets would draft somebody, they immediately would come up like a camera's like right in their face and right at the draft. They hate the everybody. Jet fans are always like, yeah, they're like, we're going to be four and 12. We stink. You know I what the best is though? You know who they cheered? Mark Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Standing ovation. They cheered him. Chris yes. Stapp shows up. They're like, oh my God, we got <laughs> Phil Jackson needs to go to the Looney house. <laughs> <laughs> right, literally. Now, listen. My my memories of this pretty much were like people like putting their like forehead, the like, hand of forehead, yes. and being like, 
I think I think Phil might need a break. Like I yeah. think he's I think he's past his prime. Now, listen, maybe it's just a guy walking down the street and finds a hundred dollar bill, he picks it up and he's like, Look at me, I'm smart, I found a hundred dollar bill. But I'm gonna give Phil Jackson the benefit of the doubt because he's been around the game for a while and he seems to have won pretty much everything you can win. Just the variables in this are amazing to to have the reaction that they had. They just they looked at this guy and they go, Never heard of him, looks like a freak, crazy name, country I couldn't point to on a map picked higher than guys that we've heard of that we actually want you know on this team and phil jackson must be nuts now because he's the one who made the pick consider all of that 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 was all going through everybody's mind in those three seconds that turned into a mob of booze for someone they'd never heard of that now spike lee is going to be wearing a porzingis jersey (laughs) when he's going to games Just consider what happened in four months here. And he's only 20, and they had said initially, we don't think he's going to play this year for us. He's a development player, which made everybody even more mad about the whole thing. And it turns out he might be the rookie of the year. This is one of the most insane coming out parties I think I've ever seen, just based on typically when the crowd turns on you from the get there is no way you overcome it. And that I just thought this guy was going to be ruined whether he was good or not because there was no way he was going to overcome that the crowd just doesn't like him. But all of a sudden, he has turned them around in a way like I've never seen so quickly. The crowd didn't like him. The pundits were killing the team. And his own teammate was like, what? Yeah, and like, by I'm way, out of here. Yeah, not he's just like, a teammate. It. I'm Car- out of here. Yeah, Carmelo. Yeah, screw this. This is BS. I'm leaving. You know, and and now, like you said, wow, he's he's like, maybe we can win championships together. Hey, Chris Tapps, what do you do for Thanksgiving? Do you like turkey? Chris Tapps is going to get the key to the city. Oh, yeah. He's going to get anything he wants. (laughs) He's the ultimate VIP. (laughs) If you want to roll in New York, you got to roll with Chris Tapps. Hell, yeah. This city is mine. Hello, Wieners. Hello, Wieners. Who is number one now, baby? <laughs> how you like me now, Mello? Yes, that. I, how, how is tasting? Is that all you say? How is tasting? That's how is right, tasting? Of league. Yes. Can you taste it now? <laughs> Can you smell what the Chris Tapps is cooking? It smells like Wiener. Smells like Wiener. Smells like double-double every night in your face, home snake. <laughs> so great. Oh, I love it. I actually oh, might have to best. get a Chris Stapps jersey now. Oh, God. He's the best. He's my new favorite player ever. How can he not be? How can he not <laughs> number be? Number one. Number one player all-time basketball fan. <laughs> right. It's not even sport. I play hockey. This is fun, your I game of basketball. anything. Yes, in I am Latvia, we toss donkeys for competition, <laughs> and I win that too. <laughs> See, now I'm profiling him. <laughs> it hasn't stopped. I've decided he's from some, you know, hut in the middle of nowhere. It's right, freezing it all the time, and there's always tanks going by. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a good thing we don't profile people. Yeah. That's nope. Good. No, we don't. I was I was behind this guy from the get go. <laughs> You should ask me. I knew all about him. I knew he'd be good. And by the way, isn't that the dude we all hate? The guy that's yeah. out there is like, oh, yeah, you should ask me, man. Porzingis? Yeah, I knew all along this guy's going to start. Really? Yeah. Go after yourself. You're the guy. Oh, did you buy? You didn't buy Apple stock back in 85? Oh, I did. You did. Yeah. yeah, then how come you're living in a double wide? Yeah, you screw you. <laughs> screw you. I hate I don't you. don't know anything about Porzingis. <laughs> yours. The worst lie ever. How you like me now, babies? 
Sports have changed drastically in the last few decades, but the essential nature of fans never changes. An appreciation for athleticism and competition at the highest level. The next time you head for the stadium, use the SeatGeek app to find the best deals on tickets. Now my listeners can get a rebate check for $20 back when they use the code TALKING in the SeatGeek app. Here's how it works. You download the SeatGeek app on your iPhone or Android. It's free. It takes less than a minute to download. Then you search for your event, find a great deal, enter our code TALKING, and when you complete your purchase, SeatGeek will send you a $20 check to your house. It's that easy. SeatGeek pulls in ticket options from hundreds of sellers online, shows you the best deals automatically. When you shop on SeatGeek, you're seeing virtually every ticket available for your event all on one page. They rank every available ticket with a deal score and show you a color-coded map that's easy to read. Finally, SeatGeek's mobile app makes the ticket buying process seamless and easy. So to redeem your promo code and get your $20 check, download the free SeatGeek app today. Enter promo code TALKING in the app. SeatGeek will then send you 20 bucks once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase. For the NFL, college football, or even the best concerts, use the SeatGeek app. And don't forget to enter our code TALKING. It's Thanksgiving week, and we would be remiss if we didn't thank you, our listeners. Mark and I are ecstatic here that we're doing this again. Thank you for sharing that time with us. We're so glad to be doing this again, and thanks for joining us here on this endeavor. It's the greatest gift you can give a podcaster, time. So thank you for taking us on your run or your commute or maybe the car ride to grandma's house this week who knows you can get in touch with us on twitter let us know what you think of the show tweet the show at talking heads bw find me at real bram w and mark is at at mark stern s-t-e-r-n-e we appreciate our audience we would love to hear from you what you like what you want us to do more of probably a lot more russian accents you can hear more great shows at our website panoply.fm travel safely this holiday season happy thanksgiving from everyone at panoply um real quickly um you told me you bombed in your um your comedy set what happened Ooh, yeah well, <clears throat> well you've seen me do stand-up before right i have you did this thing about the triangle that was very funny okay I, I don't really i don't really actually want to uh say that one no because apparently we bleep things here i was unaware that we bleep things i can't tell that story without bleeping oh material we do anyway oh we do bleep things well, last week we did. When I heard the podcast again, we bleep things. Oh, well, then I guess I'll be bleeping myself because I've uh, that's I've dropped a couple of F-bombs this week. All right. I was unaware that we were bleeping. So you didn't know we were bleeping things. I thought because Mark edits this. Um, yeah. I'm so, you, so you're not asked to bleep it. They're bleeping it after the fact. I guess that's after the fact. Well, oh, the man I'll, is listening in. All right, fine. All right. Well, I'll know that. Well, yeah, we will not describe the triangle, but it's funny to bring that up because, all right, so I, I was asked to do this. Uh, it was a stand-up gig with a, a friend of mine named Jared is a really funny comedian up in New York, and he was down in D.C., and they were part of, like, a multi-city tour, and what I didn't really understand, and this was the last stop was D.C., and what I didn't understand was it was specifically for female audiences. So when I walked into the venue, and it was this place called the Beer Baron, I like, there was, like, two shows, and I'm in the later show, and I look around, and I'm like, there's no dudes here. And, like, I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. And, I, and not only that, Bram, no one was old. Like, everyone was in their 20s. So, like, apparently this is, like, the, the, the comedy tour that, like, they market to a certain segment of the population. And I, I was like, I have, all, I have all these jokes that are supposed to be written for, like, at least I need, like, five or six men over 40. Like, that's, like, all I need. And there was nobody that old there and, like, maybe two guys in the whole audience. And so I was like, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, I have to change. You knew it. you were done. You looked at the crowd. You're like, this isn't going to happen tonight. I figured, well, no, I always have confidence. I Like before, I'm like, okay, I'm nervous, but I've done this well and I know I can do it. So you always feel like, 
you're going to do all right. But I was like, all right, I'm going to throw out the other stuff that I was going to do, and I'm going to bring in the triangle bit, which which always kills. I was like, this is fun. This will be, you know, because it's a do relationship stuff. And I was like, well, it's sort of relationship e, so I'll I'll fit this in. And literally within like you know within like a minute that you're on stage where you're like it's like a, a pitcher on the mound. I'm trying to spot my fastball and it's just not working. And I try my curveball and my slider, and nothing is going over the plate. And I'm like, and the more you miss, the harder you're trying. And then you have this sense of desperation on stage. And I was like, this is not going well. And at the point where I, and the triangle bit is like about a four minute bit. And, I, and I'm down on my knees, and I'm literally right in front of this, these two girls who are right in front of the stage. And I'm, so I'm sort of speaking to them, in essence, and they're, like, recoiling in horror at this point. I'm like, oh, God. And I get up, and I'm trying to finish the bit, and I hear one of them say to the other one something. I don't know what they said, oh. but I'm, I'm literally on stage. And I go, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> and I'm on mic, and I say it, and they're like, no, nothing. Don't worry about it. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm being dismissed by these, like, 23-year-old girls on stage. This is literally awful. And it, it probably wasn't as bad as my mind is making it out to be. Sounds like it was that bad. <laughs> it was <laughs> pretty I, bad. I think, I think it was pretty bad, yeah. I, I had some good moments, but it was... I did about 10 minutes, and then I was like... I, I Then a guy gives me the signal out there, like one of the guys in the show, and he's like, all right, wrap it up. And I was like... All right, my name's Mark. <laughs> I like it. couldn't have gotten out of there fast enough. So, so my name is Kristaps Porzingis. You guys don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses and have a great night. Well, I, I got out and I was like, because you know I, I'm on the radio show with Kornheiser. I said, "Hey, I'm Mark Stern from the Tony Kornheiser show. Everybody listen to the show and literally crickets." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh crap! Oh god! <laughs> you yeah. guys don't know who I am." And to be clear, the triangle bit is about women's genitalia. So you know, yes. there was there was a reach with all the women there. You never know if they're going to turn on you. They, they're either they're going to be party girls and they like this or they're going to be like oh boy well the best these guys yeah and the best was when i got off my buddy was like no nah, don't do work don't worry about it dude it was a tough crowd i was like it was a tough crowd for me but not for the rest of you guys because i've heard them laughing all night so i was like sorry so i that may or may not have been my last stand-up performance i'm not sure here's the revenge for you because all the girls ganged up on you obviously here and, and ruined your evening and ruined your night the yes. Wisconsin student body um, ganged up on the cheerleaders at Camp Randall Stadium over the weekend, and there's video of this. I guess it snowed in, in Wisconsin, so that, no wonder it's cold here now. Um, and at the game, of course, that's that's a recipe for trouble, at, especially at Wisconsin where everybody gets drunk you know, before the games. I mean, it is a madhouse yes. um, up there. And at one point, there's video of the cheerleaders running for cover to get under the tunnel because there was just a mass pelting of snowballs. <laughs> coming their way <laughs> one, te- one television reporter Elsie Meneker described it as quote cheerleaders had to go into the tunnel and hide out hashtag not cool <laughs> hey man that's not cool it I, is a little bit you <laughs> it actually is a little bit cool it's funny you, you sent me this story I had not seen it I'm reading through it the best is is you're watching the video and you see them sort of retreat from the end zone into the tunnel to like get away from this onslaught and it's great because all you see in the ground that they've left is just like snowballs, like, you know, snowballs on the ground where yeah. they've just been pelted. And you can still see people continuing to rain snowballs down on, upon them as <laughs> they're, they're fleeing. Trying to hit them. <laughs> Not giving up. Right. Trying to aim and hit them. <laughs> I mean, it's just clear. It looked like about 400 snowballs had been tossed down. Yeah, it's just... I thought it Someone was else tweeted, they were like, I guess the football game is so boring, they're taking out their frustrations on the cheerleaders. Right. You know what Andy Dalton had to say? 
Yeah. He's Guys. Like, oh, come on, man. There's kids watching this. This is the kind it's of example. Me, we Uncle want to Andy. <laughs> this isn't right. That's not right. That's Don't not right. Don't throw snowballs at the cheerleaders. JJ <laughs> J. Watt is like, get him. <laughs> Go get him. Show him what's up. JJ Watt went to Wisconsin, right? I wonder if he endorses that. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's so I great. Know. I did love that story, though. That was brilliant. Uh, one more story I want to get to. I was going to do this. Bill Belichick has to win more games than any other coach to be coach of the year. It's something ESPN wrote, but I, I, well, let's just skip that. We started with trash talking. I want to end with trash talking. Okay. Because, uh, and you know this, and I know this, as it, when you have a space like this, uh, and when you're on stage, you, you also you have to own that space. And sometimes it can turn on you, as that happened to you apparently last week. But, like... <laughs> To be really successful at this in, in any of these venues, you kind of need to be in control of the space. So when these people come in, you can't let them bully you. You own them. And I'm talking about the hosts. The hosts need to be strong enough personalities to basically protect their turf and say, you're not going to clown me here. It's not going to happen. You know, and you need to be ready for it. Angelo Cataldi has been doing radio in Philadelphia for a very, very long time. He is really good at it. He yeah. used to do the Eagles pregame show. Um, on Sundays, I used to love listening to it when they played the Redskins when I covered them and had to drive up to Philadelphia because it, it was actually very funny and entertaining. And, of course, you know, the Eagles fans are, you know, maniacal. So it's always a really interesting listen to hear their perspective, which is typically kind of off the spectrum of normalcy, you know. From, and so you can only imagine what's happening over the last few weeks where this Chip Kelly thing is going south big oh, time God, yeah. right now. Chip Kelly comes on Angelo Cataldi's show every Monday after a game, and they just lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home for. 45 to 17. Okay. It's a close game. Close game. And the Buccaneers stink. Okay. They're not even good. <laughs> and they blew out the Eagles at home. So, as you can imagine, Eagles fans are not overly pleased. And Angelo Cataldi asked Chip Kelly a question. He said, Did you yell at the players after the game? And which I think is actually a fair question because that is not seemingly in Chip's personality. So, I guess he's trying to ask, you know, are you going to change a little bit here? You know, because you're not getting the results that you want with this team. You have these high expectations. Your team's getting run at home by a sub-500 non-playoff team. Like, that can't possibly fit well with you. And his, this is what his response was. He says, that's Harry High School stuff. That doesn't even vibe. That doesn't work, and that's not what people think about. If that's what people want, if people want a screamer and a yeller, then they should hire you because you're good at that. Okay? That's what he said to Angelo Cataldi. <laughs> Huge mistake, okay? Huge. Do you want to guess what he said back to Chip Kelly? Because it's one of the greatest retorts I've ever heard someone say to a coach. But like I said, to be great at this, you need to protect your turf. And that is Angelo Cataldi's turf. And Cataldi said back to him, he goes, I'm not sure I'd be worse than four and six. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Sports Talk Radio in Philadelphia is so awesome. <laughs> I love that. You that... are not going, I've, I've said this to athletes and coaches uh, throughout the years. I, I always say this to them when they talk about how whatever their dislikes are of the media. Don't try to beat us. You can't win that game. We are trained to outthink you very, very quickly. Do not try that with us. It's a huge mistake. And when you go after someone like him, you oh, are yeah. asking to be embarrassed. And yeah. he got embarrassed badly. Yeah, I mean, a radio host of that caliber from that market, you can't set him up like that. 
because he's going to absolutely look at that as if that's a beach ball coming to him and he's at the plate and he's just like, yep, I'm going to hit this one out of the park. I oh. already know what I'm saying before it even comes out of my head. This is, yeah, it's just... That's it's a dream for him to have that coach at that moment make a statement like that to him. Oh, my God, yeah. A I mean, dream. I mean, the only thing that's obviously better, and we've discussed it on this on this show before, is uh, so, Coach Turner, uh, do you think he'll get fired? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey. You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> but, that was I mean, incredible. But you talk, but, all, all those guys, man, they hate dealing with the media. I mean, I heard Joe Torre talk about it when he retired. And he was like, that's the one thing I hated was dealing with you guys all the time. Yeah. And, and that's why so many answers are bland. What did we used to joke about with that great Maryland basketball team, Lonnie Baxter? Hey, Lonnie, you guys just won by 20. You know, how do you feel? We played hard. We played our game. We got the win. I mean, it was like, it's yeah. just, it's all. It didn't it, matter what you asked him. You could ask him, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? My favorite flavor of ice cream is working hard, playing my game so I can get the win. Right. That's right. like you wonder. That's why this stuff from Bull Durham is so true. Just don't give us anything. Because if you give us something, we are going to use it. And We and, are going to use it. And, and if you go that direction, oh, oh, the God. good people will win. And you're in the wrong. It's like. It's like if you're at a comedy club and you've got a comedian up on stage and he's turned his attention to you, you best not try to fight back. You right. will not win. You will not win that battle. They want hecklers. They are dying for people to try them because they know they're going to have you beat. They are ready for anything you're about to say and they're going to embarrass you. The best thing to do, just be quiet, take it, and they'll move on. <laughs> and in this situation, Chip Kelly learned a hard lesson. His team is four and six. Everyone's going, you're not so much a genius anymore, are you, pal? And yeah. all of a sudden, he's taking shots at the radio host. You better be quiet, be bland, and just say, that was a terrible game. It's unacceptable. I didn't yell and scream because it's not my personality, but I'm thinking about it after losing at home to some stinky-ass team in November from Florida. Right. That's all you say. That's all you say. You don't try and get cute and be like, oh, turn it back on Cataldi. Cataldi. That's like waving a red flag or a slab of beef in front of a wild animal. Come on, man. This is what I live for. And and God bless Cataldi for nailing that line. I mean, oh, that yeah. is perfect. Now, did, do we know what Kelly said on the other side of that? Did no, it go? I didn't. Re- did probably nothing. <laughs> you know, at that point, he, you know, he probably pooped his pants after he heard that one. Right. I've got a thought for you, Angelo. How about you go F yourself? And you <laughs> You know what happens after that? We at the radio station cut that into a promo and oh, yeah. play it all day oh, long. Yeah. yeah, you can't get away from Until that. Until the Eagles call and go, take that off. Yeah, could you <laughs> Stop making not... fun of our coach could or you... you're not going to have the games on your air anymore. Yeah, that's just so. I mean, and from working down here in D.C., with this team down here, you know that when we get stuff like that, like the Jeff George, all oh, that leadership stuff, that's all overrated. It's all overrated. That I leadership mean, stuff's overrated. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> I guess right. you'd know. You've been losing your whole career. Great. When guys say stuff like that, you're well, like, Well, that oh makes my a lot of sense. Yeah. God, oh, wow. Did you just get cut, Jeff? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. That stinks for you. No, yeah. you didn't get cut because uh, the owner agrees with your sentiments. Okay. Great. <laughs> Well, now I know why we're three and eight. All right. God. Terrific. God. All right. God bless Cataldi. Yeah. God bless America. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Have a good one. 